Welcome, 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 welcome. Turn to somebody and just say, welcome to Generation Church. Did you bring your Bible today? It's okay if you didn't. I got you covered. should be behind me. And uh, we're going to start in verse 1. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 1 says this, Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind in Athens alone, and we sent Timothy... Uh, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ. Uh, let me pause right here. This is Paul writing to the church of Thessalonica uh, to encourage them. And so he couldn't get to them, uh, but so he sends Timothy to them. And it says that he sends Timothy in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in your faith. Somebody say faith. That no one be moved by these afflictions. So his purpose was to establish them so that they would not sway away uh, because of the afflictions that were coming to them. For Check this verse out. It says, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. Somebody, I, that's a hard amen though. Because I just said that you're destined for affliction. That's a really hard amen right there. Like, please continue, Paul. I feel so encouraged. Verse 4, for when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that, that we were to suffer affliction just as, as it has come to pass. And just as you know, for this reason, look at verse 5. When I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your passion, evangelism, worship. No, it says to learn about your faith. Why? For fear. This is, this, this is where we're going. For fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. Father, we just ask right now that you speak to our hearts. Open our ears and our hearts to receive what you have for us today Get all the honor, all the praise, all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let me just say this. I have been two weeks without being up here. I'm ready to preach. Ready to preach today. Y'all are clapping now, but it's going to get heavy in here in just a minute. Paul is, is trying to encourage this church. And so he sends Timothy because he knows that pressure has come. Pressure has come. And so what did Timothy do? Did he just go to, to just encourage them and just say, you're doing great. Keep going. No, this is what he did. It says that he sent Timothy to establish and exhort you in your faith. The word establish in the Greek, it means to, to fix something or render constant. To be constant or unmoving, and and the word here to, to exhort uh, is is the the Greek word that we that we get Holy Spirit from Parakletos, and it literally means to come alongside and to comfort. So Paul sends Timothy, and he says, "I need you to stir their faith because I need them to be unmoving because pressure and affliction are going to come. They're destined for it, but under the the, the right faith, they will they will be able to bear the load and accomplish everything that God has for them." So I want to talk to you today just for the next few minutes about sustaining the vision, sustaining 
the vision. See, here at Generation Church, it's, it's, God is growing us, and it's been amazing. God's been doing a lot of things, and especially even just this year and in January, we had our baptism service and baptized, I don't know, like 30 people, and people were getting saved. And in just a little over one year, we've gone from 100 to 500 people, and, and, and we've seen over 100 salvations. And, and, and just Friday night, we sent teams out into the community, and people were healed, and, 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 and Publix just got blown up for the kingdom of God. And, and so we're seeing God move, but hear me. We're growing up quickly, but we have to make sure that we're also growing down as we grow up. There was a, a tree that I remember in Tallahassee my, that we planted where I grew up, and this tree I don't even know what kind of tree it was, but I just remember it grew up really quickly. And over the course of like a year, it was like 20 feet high. It was a huge tree. And I remember that a storm came, and it wasn't even a huge storm. But we looked out in the yard, and sure enough, this big tree had fallen over. And we, I remember my dad tried to, to fix it, and he, you know, we're lifting it up, and he's putting like two-by-fours and trying to nail it to try to brace it. But the root system was too exposed that it, wouldn't, it, it, it ended up dying. What I feel like the Lord has been speaking to me over the last few weeks is that if we're not careful, we could grow up quickly, but not sustain what God wants to do here. And when the storm comes, and when the pressure comes, which scripture says we're destined for, we need to have a firm foundation that we are standing on because you, you will go as low as your foundation. But if our foundation is the gospel of Jesus Christ and we know who we are and we know what he's called us to, the, the Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. And so we need to talk today about a life of faith and sustaining the vision that God has not only for this church, but for your life. How many of you know that, that when God... A year or so ago, last January, we, we made the, the announcement that, that we were changing the name of the church to Generation Church. And in and, and talking with my parents and my dad who started this church, and, and this wasn't like, ooh, Generation sounds cool. Let's just go with that one. There was months of just seeking the Lord and saying, God, we want the name of the church to be tied to the vision of the house. And so we felt like Generation Church is, is twofold. Number one, we wanted to be a church that didn't just cater to millennials. We feel like that church should be balanced. And, and, and I've said this before, that everybody needs a Timothy. In other words, someone you're pouring into. Everybody needs a Barnabas. That's somebody you're doing life with. But everybody needs a Paul, somebody who's pouring into them. How many of you know, I need a Paul. And there's some older men in this house that I respect and I look up to. And, how, and shame on me if, if I shun the older generation and cater to the millennials. We're going to be off balance and we're not going to make it. So we're not here to see how quickly we can grow if in 15 or 20 years we're not here. The labor was in vain. I don't want the labor to be in vain. So... The other part of generational is we feel not only that, that there's a balance in the body of Christ, but also that, this, that, that we're in this for the long haul. I mean, you know, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm not like, let me see how good I can preach for two years, and then maybe another bigger church will call me, and I'll go there and see if I can just keep climbing the ladder. No, my wife and I are here to pour our lives out for Pinellas County. That means 60, when I'm 60, when I'm 65, 
and I'm passing on the baton to somebody else, listen, my prayer is that there's still people here getting set free, still people here getting saved. We're still seeing, we're still sending out people into the communities and outreach. It's just a lot more people by then. And we, by then, hopefully will have such a huge footprint in this area that the tides have changed. And, and, and God is, is just moved over this place. My heart is that over the next 10, 20 years, these strip clubs would begin to just shut down. And more churches would rise up. Come on, my prayer would be that strip club owners just get saved and under the power of God, even while they're at work, they just come under repentance and fall to their knees and begin to weep and give their life to Jesus and turn their strip club into a church. Come on, somebody. Listen, but listen, this doesn't, this is not overnight. This is something that, that we, we have to commit ourselves to and know that, that this is a marathon, not a sprint. So, so gr- growth over this past year, hey, I'm, I'm so thankful for it. But, but let me say this. I'd rather, be, I'd rather be 500 and strong than 1,500 with shallow roots any day of the week. So if the rest of this year we don't grow one more person, but we're growing inside and we're growing in maturity and we're strengthening, strengthening ourselves in the power of the gospel and the Holy Spirit, I'm good. I'm good with that. So we need to learn what a life of faith looks like. What does a life of faith look like? Turn to Romans chapter number one. Romans chapter one. And I'm going to show you that Paul was very much into calling people to the obedience of faith, not just uh, encounter faith like oh you know I had this great you know encounter with God a couple years ago and you're just living off of that no no we don't live off yesterday's anointing today we put our faith in Jesus and Paul says uh, in, in Romans 1 starting in verse 3 concerning his son Jesus who was descended from David and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness look at verse 5 through whom we have received grace somebody say grace That's empowerment and apostleship. That's calling to bring about. This is his purpose in getting grace and in walking in his calling. He's about to reveal his purpose is to bring about the obedience. ESV says of faith, but it's better translated um, the obedience that comes from faith for the sake of his name among all nations. Paul is is concerned, yes, about planting churches, which he did. Yes, about seeing people saved, which he did. But mainly, Paul's concern, and we see it even in, in, in Thessalonians, was that you are grounded in the gospel and sustainable. That your life is a life lived in obedience. Obedience, which means, you know, for us, see, see, Many times in the church world, we, we are creating a culture that, that basically says church is where the Holy Spirit moves. And, and here is where we, where we see God move and where we feel encouraged. And I stand up and I, and I try to encourage you and I present truth to you week after week after week. But the problem is, is if there's not a proper balance, the single mother that has four kids... She gets there at home on, and she's waking up Monday morning, and she's trying to just, she's just trying to make it. She, it's, it's spring break this week, which means she can't work because she's got to stay home and take care of her kids. 
So she's got four kids, and the laundry's piled up, and, and, and the dishes are piled up, and, and she doesn't have time to do anything. And here we're at church talking about 21 days of fasting and, and evangelism, and let's change the world. She's like, I'm just trying to change a diaper. What does the power of the Spirit look like for her? Oh, 20, you just need a 21 days of prayer and fasting. She's like, I don't have 21 minutes to pray and fast. And so there begins to be this tug, like, I hear what they're saying at church, and, but man, my life just looks different in the pressure. The pressure. You see, in, in Thessalonians, the word that you were destined for affliction, the word affliction means pressure, to be pressed down. And so here's what I want to say to us today. The higher the calling, the heavier the pressing. (laughs) I knew that wouldn't get a lot of amens, and that's okay. (laughs) We need to understand what is going to sustain you when you get to work. And your boss says, please come in. You no longer have a job. And you've got kids at home. And you've got to go home and tell your wife and your family that you no longer have a paycheck coming. And you're already late. And maybe your wife is already working a job at night. And so you're never really seeing her very much because because you're missing her. You get home, she leaves. And and you're just trying to keep your head above the water. Where is this, this power of the spirit evangelism revival then? You with me today? Because you see, if we, if we glamorize church and the Bible and the Spirit, what we think is the only time I can experience freedom is in church or in some kind of church event. But I'm here to tell you today that the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the grave is with that single mother of four when she's just trying to take care of her kids. And it may not look like it looks down at an altar. It may not look like people, you know, just getting freed and the the worship going and people shouting and hands being raised. But it could look like this inner strength that bubbles up inside of her that says, "I, I know that God's called me to be a mother. This is my ministry. And Holy Spirit, empower me to do do this well and I'm going to just do what needs to be done and I'm going to live a life sustained resting on the finished work of Jesus same power same Holy Spirit assisting this person same spirit raised Christ from the dead let's not over glamorize this when you wake up tomorrow you have to make a choice when the worship team's not here and Justin and Bonnie and Joy are not up here you know not by your bedside when you wake up singing these songs to you it's time to get up just serenading you just worship him as you get up this morning just worship him just lift your hands this morning that'd be great wouldn't it technically I could have that I just got a great idea wow how much do you love me What am I saying? I'm saying this. We're going to look at four things that, that, that need to be, we need to think about in our faith because when the hype wears off, where, what are you left with? Come on. When the Holy Spirit goosebumps have faded um, and you lost your job, what are you left with? Can we talk real today? What remains? 
uh, in between, in between an amazing worship set and an okay sermon, uh, until the next week when, when there's another service, all all of those days in there, uh, how are you then? Are you being sustained Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and all through the week? Or are you just dependent upon saying, if I can just make it to church? No. We need to learn how to operate in the power of the Spirit in the everyday. It's interesting. We think of the supernatural like it has to be some crazy external external miracle when we see uh, even the life of Elijah we see in one story that God that God supernaturally makes an axe head float but but then but then he he actually in a very natural way leads him to his next assignment so he gets provision from a very natural way and also a very supernatural way it doesn't always look like oh holy spirit I love this song oh my goodness no it's waking up and choosing to rest in Jesus. You with me today? You with me? All right, so we're going to look at, uh, in the book, through the book of Romans, because interestingly enough, the book of Romans comes after the book of Acts. I don't think that's by accident, because, you know, see, we talk a lot about Acts, and oh man, the Holy Spirit's doing this, and all these miracles and signs and wonders, and we get inspired by that. All the fruits of the Spirit that we see in Acts. But here's what we need to understand. That, that, that Acts displays the moving of the Spirit, but Romans sustains the moving of the Spirit. It, you need to understand the foundational truths the foundation that we stand on, which comes through the book of Romans. I encourage you just to go home and read it, and then read it again, and then read it again. Study this book. You, it will bless you. It will be, it will be like when we were in Belize and, 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 and the foundation that we were pouring, it will be like just laying steel in that foundation, strengthening you so that when the storm does come, you're firm, you're constant. You're saying, I don't care what life brings me. My, my eyes are on Jesus. This is not easy, but this is what we're called to. Why am I saying this? Why, why did I choose this today? We're going to start a new series next week, but I really felt like the Lord says, Stephen, we, we can, we, if all we do is try to pump you up, it's not sustainable. Your life needs to be resting on the finished work of Jesus. When you're at your lowest, what do you turn to? That's a good indicator of what your foundation is. When life smacks you across the face, and you are, and you're wobbling. You know, I love watching old Mike Tyson fights. I just used to love that. And so even lately, I've been watching Mike Tyson. And they call it the chicken leg. Mike, Mike Tyson would hit somebody, and their legs would just be like. <laughs> like, what, what do you do when life hits you and you got chicken legs? And you're just like, oh, my goodness. I can't call the worship team right now. This is what we need to, we need to build a foundation. So uh, here, here's the first. I'm going to give you four things that relate to your faith. Romans chapter 5, that's just a couple of pages over. Just turn there with me. Romans 5 says this in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified or declared innocent by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, don't read these verses slow. If you go home, just meditate on this stuff. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this 
grace in which we stand. It's interesting. He's talking about faith allowing us to access grace. Grace. In, in chapter 1, he, he, he said that uh, we have a, we've received grace uh, for apostleship, which is calling to bring about obedience to the faith. What, what, what is this saying so far? I, I have to say this to you. You may have heard me say this, and you're going to hear me say it again, because we have to drill this into the culture of our church. Faith in Christ, rooted, seated, it literally gives you access to all of God's grace that Christ died to give you. So we access it, we, 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 we can grab it because of faith. Now that I'm operating in grace, it fuels obedience, and now I'm living in obedience, which naturally brings calling. And now I'm walking out my calling. I don't have to chase my calling. I never chased this microphone. I didn't chase it. It came to me. I just served Christ, and I was just faithful with what God had in front of me, and it came to my lap. I didn't want it. Matter of fact, if tomorrow this, the, the church's doors close and I'm doing something else, man, I am first and foremost a son of God. Pastoring this church is just what God has called me to do right now. And so you see this pattern. Faith, it brings us into grace, which we stand, verse 2, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, more than that, oh boy, Paul, we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. The first thing we need to talk about is the object of our faith, and I know this sounds simple, but hang with me, because Paul says that we've been justified by faith through Jesus Christ, and if we had a test... Everybody would put that. What, what's, what's your faith in right now? Well, it's in Jesus. Of course, we got it. Let's move on. Okay. Easy to say. Easy to put on a test. Check, Sunday school. Got it. Faith in Jesus. Harder to live every day. Harder to live out every day. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1, the writer of Hebrews is trying to bring in a, a, a warning, and it says this, Therefore, we must pay close attention to what we have heard, lest we... Drift away from it. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 says, Just as you received Christ, so walk in him. Why is he saying that? Because the church had drifted. They knew the right thing, but they had gotten into what Paul says, uh, the, the, the human traditions and elemental teachings of the world, and they had just kind of drifted off track. And so Paul comes along and he says, Hey, 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 hey. The same way that you received Christ, which was simple faith in Jesus and his promises, walk that way every day. Live that way every single day. What we do, though, when we're talking about trying to get to our calling, you see, remember, faith, grace, obedience, calling, is we want to start here. We want to start here. And then we're like, oh, man, there's tension because I feel this calling inside of me. I feel like I'm called for more, and I'm not there right now, and I'm frustrated. So, so then what do we do? Well, we just go through obedience. So we got faith, grace, obedience, calling. And so I'm, like, trying really hard, and I'm, I'm trying to have leadership notice me, and I'm, I'm doing things around the church so that, so that the, the leadership will see me and, and will validate me and will maybe put me into a position of my calling because, after all, I'm called. Do you see the off balance here? 
We don't start at obedience. We start in faith. We just rest in faith in Christ Jesus and what he did for us 2,000 years ago and the old rugged cross and the blood that washes our sins and the broken body that brings us healing and wholeness. We just live there every single day, which brings us into a place of grace, which fuels obedience and sustains obedience And God pulls your calling to you. That was good. Here's the thing. We all know the Christian lingo. We know the Christian songs. We wear the Christian t-shirts. We we go on the outreaches. We have the she gatherings, 21 days of prayer and fasting. If we're not careful, our faith begins to be in doing those things. Our faith begins to be in what I can do and... When we are knocked down, what's our process to get back up? Well, I got I to gotta make sure I get back in church this week. Now, I love it when you come to church. But just coming to church will not sustain a life of faith for you. I love it when you go out on outreach, but just because you came to outreach doesn't somehow make God love you more. And if you didn't go on outreach, he doesn't love you less. Isn't that great? So, so there's no scale anymore. There's not like a, well, this week, you know, I did, I did pretty good, man. Like, I gave, and, you know, I, I, so I even got a little offering for Sonny and went on outreach. And I think God's love for me is, like, at an all, like maybe 90% this week. Like, really, like 90. Like, that's like a low A, right? That's like an A minus. Well, then next week, things are, you're struggling, and you went off on your wife, and, you're, and, 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 and the pressure of life, and decisions, and thoughts that crossed your mind, and, and things are pressing at you, and, and, and you just feel off, and now you feel like God's love meter is at like a 20, because you're not, you're not um, you know, doing the right things, which naturally means God loves you less. See, you wouldn't say that, but many of you think that way. But then, then, then what do we do? I just got to do more for God. I've had a rough week. Better make sure I'm in church. Got to go, make sure I give. Got to make sure I read my Bible every morning. Got to make sure I do more. Make God's, you know, his, his meter. Okay, good. Woo. Now I feel like I'm worthy enough to worship him in church. Come on now. This isn't the gospel. The gospel says Jesus measured for you. It's done. His love for you is constant. If your faith is in him, there's nothing you can do to make him love you less, nothing you can do to make him love you more. He's your son. Just like I shared the story of Riley. If Riley chooses to act out, it's not like I'm like, well, Riley, you're really messed up this time. My love for you has gone down to 73%. You better work really hard to get it back up. If you want my love, girl, I, see, I know I'm going to the extreme, but, but seriously, many people live this way. Oh, I wonder how God thinks about me right now. Oh, I wonder if he loves me enough right now. I'm, man, I'm, my, my, my thought life has been struggling, and I can't believe I had that thought. I can't believe I acted out on that thought. I can't believe I, whatever you fill in the blank, God must really, he must really be disappointed in me. See, this never brings you into grace. If you want the freedom of the Holy Spirit, it starts in a place of simple faith. Simple faith. The object of your faith. I got to keep going. 
The object of your faith has to be Christ. Number two, the choice of your faith. The choice. How many of you know that, that, that faith is a choice? This is an everyday choice you have to make until Jesus comes back. Recently, I was uh, asked to speak at, at Keswick to uh, f- 400 or so high school, middle schoolers. And uh, you, you want to talk, talk about a tough crowd. You, 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 it's one thing to do it in youth group. It's tough enough. But you go to a school? I mean, I'm talking about I'm preaching good. And they're just like. I'm asking questions. I'm even like, are y'all awake today? Nothing. Crickets. I'm just like, tough crowd. Okay. Uh, just, and this is just the way to, I've just come to learn that it's just not cool to even make eye contact with the guest speaker at a Christian school. Oh, they'll come up after and tell me how much it blessed them. You know what I'm saying. So I'm on my way to do this, and I've got about 30 or 40 minutes before the chapel starts. And, and all of a sudden, I, I knew that I was going to be preaching on, on, on giving God, you know, your everything. Step out and trust God with, with, with all that you have. Just go all in for him. Trust him. He's faithful. It's a good word, right? The problem is, on my way, as I'm driving in my car, the, I, felt, I heard a voice say, but you don't do that. I'm like, oh, who are you talking to? I'm pastor of Generation Church. <laughs> oh, you think that's impressive? And? I know the thoughts you have. I know who you really are. You don't live that out every day. What gives you the right to go up and speak that to them? And I had a moment where I'm like, well, it's kind of right. And all of a sudden, I catered to that. Now I'm feeling disqualified. And before, I was headed to Starbucks. Before, I I pulled up into the parking spot. And I I, I felt fear come over me. All of a sudden, I felt nervousness. Like, what's happening? I just catered to this this thought of, you're not good enough. What do you... You know how many times I've heard that even on a Saturday night as I'm preparing to come up here and speak to you? What gives you the right to do that? And then I start to feel unqualified. Because I cater to it. You know what I did? I pulled up in that parking spot. I made a choice. I made a choice. Faith is a choice. I chose to begin to preach the gospel to myself. To myself. You know what I began to say? Oh, I'm thankful. I, I know I'm really not qualified to do this. But thankfully, Jesus qualified me 2,000 years ago. And I know I don't feel like a preacher. But I'm thankful that the call, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. I don't have to say sorry. I know that the Holy Spirit is working in me. And I know I'm not perfect. Jesus was perfect for me. You know what all of a sudden I did as I began to preach to myself? I was encouraged in my faith. I was built up in my faith. You need to preach the gospel to yourself every day. Every single day. No, we're not talking about the gifts of the Spirit today and profiting the prophetic and doing all this. No, no, no. We're talking about you making a choice to preach the good news of Christ crucified and raised from the dead to yourself every day. How many times do we receive thoughts that are not from God and I don't feel a certain way today well it takes us into our third point so you have the object of your faith the choice of faith and the attack of your faith man I'll tell you what when I, I I've read the New Testament many times but when I was preparing for this message and I read this verse again it stopped me in my tracks in first Thessalonians 3 
It says in verse 3 that none of you were moved. You would not be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know we are destined for this. What? So you're trying to tell me that to sustain what God wants to do here, if God has called us to reach a city, we need to know that that puts the enemy he, he knows, and he's going to be like, oh, you know what? This little church down here, I think they're starting to get it. We need to send some people to discourage them, and, and we need to press them, and we need to try to wedge ourselves into the body to bring division, which is what, which is what he tries to do. This is why we need to be on our guard. Be groups. Be on your guard for, from division. Division comes from two words, die, which is two, two visions, two visions. If you start to, well, I just wish they would do this, and I think they need to do that. Here's, here's the thing. We need to understand that, that, that the enemy wants to slip in and bring division. Why? To discourage the flock, to press you. Some of you even recently this week were like, I'm going through a lot. A couple of people have come up to me and said, I lost my job. I'm just, you know, it's, it's, the, it's, the press, it's the pressing. And I try to encourage you to, I heard a few years back a preacher say, for the Christian, pressure is a privilege. Pressure is a, is a privilege. It lets you know, it lets you know that you're on the right track generally. If this church never, never felt a pressing, I don't know if we're having much impact. If your pastor never felt the, the heaviness and the pressing down through the week as I'm going before the Lord for you, if I never feel pressed in my spirit, something's wrong. The Bible says that we were destined for this. Now, here, here's the thing. Here's the great thing of what God does. Pressure or affliction does one of two things. It does one of two things. It, it will either push you away from God or draw you closer to God. In other words, hear this, because some of you I know are going through a trial right now. Your trial will either, God will either use your trial or your enemy will use your trial. One of the two. So you need to ask yourself right now, as you're going through that situation, who's using that in your life? Because what God wants to do is use the pressure that many times even the enemy is bringing. He's laughing, by the way. Right? Come on, you need to know that, that God is laughing at your enemy as he's bringing this pressure. And what he does is he sends the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes alongside of you and sees that, that, that affliction. He strips it of its destructive power and then uses it to serve you. So we're feeling the pressure, and we're feeling the weight, and many times we're rebuking the devil. No, 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 we need to be just lifting our eyes to Jesus and say, it doesn't matter how I feel in this moment. Father, I thank you that you've called me. I thank you that I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. I thank you that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. It's a tool in the hand of the Holy Spirit to begin to chisel and mold. So what the enemy means to press you God means to build you amen man I gotta move past some of the stuff but it's really good 
Let me just say this to you. If you're going through a difficult time right now, keep preaching the gospel to yourself. And you need to realize that the Bible talks about a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise is when you don't feel like it. In the midst of pain, you offer up a praise. And by the way, by the way, this is the only time in all of eternity that you will ever be able to worship God through pain. This is the only time in all of eternity that you will ever be able to offer a sacrifice of praise. The angels look down on us and are in awe of the fact that they, though they have not seen him, though they have not seen what we see, and though the enemy is pressing against them, yet they are praising, I cannot believe this, Oh, the greatness and the power of the Lord God Almighty that could cause a pressed down, weighted down human being to offer a sacrifice of praise. This is what I want to encourage you to do. No matter what the enemy throws at you, sacrifice of praise. But praise in your mouth. Praise him when it's good. Praise him when it's bad. Lastly, the consistency of faith. And then I'm done. This must be something that we stay consistent with. This is not a sprint, church. Again, I'm going to just tell you, it's amazing that we've grown so much in a year. But we need to be careful that we're not swayed by that. And we stay focused on what God has called us to. The consistency of faith. I heard... A few months back, maybe you saw it. I don't even remember where I saw it, but a preacher or somebody was talking about the Chinese bamboo tree. I don't know if you saw this or not, but it was very interesting to me because he began to say that a Chinese bamboo tree, when it's planted in the soil, you have to water that seed for five years. And it doesn't even break the soil until five years. But once the seed breaks into the soil, that little bamboo seed grows 90 feet tall in five weeks. 90 feet tall in five weeks. Took five years of watering, five years of watering, five weeks to grow 90 feet tall. So the question that he asked, the question that I'll ask you is, does this bamboo tree grow 90 feet in five weeks or in five years? Well, the answer is five years because if in year two, that person would have said, you know, I'm sick of this. I've been watering this thing. I've been doing what I'm supposed to do. I've been faithful. I've been trying to do the right thing. I've been watering and still nothing. I got nothing. I'm, I'm done. I'm out. It's his choice. It, it took consistent watering every day, every day, every day. Water, water. I don't see it, but the, the, the fruit that comes from the seed is not up to me. What I've been called to do is cultivate and water, cultivate and water, cultivate and water, 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 faithfulness, faithfulness, obedience, obedience, obedience. And before long, all of a sudden, that seed breaks the soil. And you see then, the Holy Spirit has room in your life to take over then. In the right time, all of a sudden, all of those things begin to spring forth in your life. Why is it that some live defeated and some on the roller coaster and some live in victory? 
I don't believe it's because they can shout loud and because they can talk to people in the streets or because they can read the book of Acts nine times. I think it's because they have, they have found a steadiness of faith where they have planted themselves in the finished work of Jesus. And every single day they just wake up and say, my life is yours. Oh, I know I'm tired, and I know it's the time change today, and I just think that's of the devil, and I just wish they would give me that hour back, and I feel tired this morning. But you know what? I'm coming to church anyway, and you know what? It's not, it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter how I feel. You're going to wake up tomorrow. Many of you are still going to be tired, and you're not going to feel very Christian because you're going to have to go to a job that you don't like, but you got a choice to make. You're going to choose feelings or faith. You have a choice to choose faith and say, I know I don't like my job right now, but right now I just say yes to you, Jesus, and I begin to thank him for who he is and what he's done for me. Lord, I thank you that your spirit's inside of me. I thank you, Father, that you've forgiven all of my sins, and it doesn't matter how I feel because I'm your son today. Oh, and it doesn't matter what I, you love me regardless. Nothing that I do or anyone does to me can take me out of your hand and remove your love from me. Man, I'm, I'm, phew. Come on, I'm preaching to myself right now. I'm like getting excited. You see what happens. We need to learn to do this every day, church. A life of faith, sustaining the vision. That's what it's all about. We're in this for the long haul, amen? How many of you in this with the, for the long haul with us? Come on, we want, to be, we want to be serving God 10, 20, 30, however many years the Lord gives us. We want to be making an impact in this community and around the world. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for every person in this room. Thank you that you're encouraging them. The good news, the good news of the gospel is literally watering seeds right now. People who've been dry, people who've had, who've had dreams and visions and callings that have just been sitting there, just dry, a dry seed, you're watering it right now. You're watering it right now. Thank you for that. Father, I pray that you just begin to speak to every heart here. And what I'm going to do is ask every person under the sound of my voice just simply to ask God this question. Lord, what are you saying to me today? Not, oh, I wish this person was here to hear this, or no, I hope my wife is listening, or oh, I hope my husband is listening right now. But Lord, what are you saying to me? Have I been leaning too much in my own works? Have I been dry? Allow the watering of the Holy Spirit to come. And if there might even be one person in this room who says, Pastor Stephen, I know I need Jesus. I've heard it. I've gone to church before. Maybe a friend invited you today. And you've never made a commitment to give your life to Jesus. Today is the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't wait until tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. And what I'm going to do actually is just ask all the Christians in the room to begin to pray. Maybe there's one. Even maybe some watching online right now. Just begin to pray. Father, draw every single heart to you. If that's you, if you're like, you know, Pastor, I really need to make this real. I need to make a commitment to you, to you and to the Lord. Nobody looking around. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you. Say, I need to make a commitment to Jesus today. Fresh commitment to Jesus. When I see that hand, anyone else?
This is what I want to do. I want us to stand together right now, and I want us to pray together, and I want all of us to pray and say this prayer out loud. Come on, everyone stand with us this morning. I believe that we've actually had testimonies of people driving in their car, watching, at work, watching. God can speak through a, through a phone or an iPad, amen? Come on. So let's pray this together. And, and for you that raised your hand, just pray this in your heart. Mean it in your heart. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus died for me. And I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead three days later. Forgive me today. Come on, let's say that again. Forgive me today. Wash me. Cleanse me. Fill me with your spirit. Come be the Lord of my life. Commit myself to you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we just give God praise?